Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. This episode is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now, unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This, this is Friendshipping! <laughs> We're back. It's been a little while. And this week's theme is, you say it. Oh, I forgot it. Hold on, let me pull up We're off to a great notes. start. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Send me up one more time. Okay. And this week's theme is? Extra. When you're just being too much. Just too much of it. Yeah. Friendship between humans has many benefits, but sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Jen, 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 Jen. Here we go. That's us. We're back. Friendshiping's back. All right. We're the boys. We're the Backstreet Boys. Hey. The boys are back in town. Hi, Trin. Hey, Jen. I miss this. I miss this, too. And uh, I I also, like, forgot how to do anything. We took a little holiday break, and then we took a little we're both very ill break. Oh, Jen, I was the sickest I've ever been in my life, no. including the time I had mono. Yeah. What about the time you had the worm? The time I had the worm. So does that really count as being sick, or does that mean well, I, I was just pregnant with a worm? I wouldn't say you, it butt. was a healthy thing. <laughs> If I had to categorize it like healthy or not healthy, I would say having a worm in your butt is... Mm. Mm. So here's the thing. I felt fine other than the stomach pain and having a worm in my butt. Yeah, that's not fine, Trin. Uh, okay. <laughs> Belly yourself. Yeah, no, I was I was butt sick again. Oh, God, I hate butt sick. It's the worst. I would pick any other sickness over butt sick. I don't know that I would agree. Okay. But this butt sick was truly an apocalyptic-ass situation, I would say. <laughs> and hey, we're back. <laughs> it's Friendship Inc. 2018. Uh, Jen, how was your sickness? Oh, I had this... I actually thought I had mono for a little bit there because I had this sickness where it was like a mild head cold, but I could not stop sleeping. It was crazy. I slept 16 straight hours. You know what I think the diagnosis is? What? You were fucking tired. Yeah, but like that's a lot of fatigue. It is, but I... So you know sometimes when you're in a project and your body's just like, I'm going to stay okay. I'm going to do stage health until this is over. And then the moment it's over, you're like fucked for two that's weeks. That's exactly what Co my friend Colleen said. She said it's like, she calls it uh, like bride wedding sickness, which yeah. is you're not, you're sick the day after the wedding. Yep. Yeah. That's PAX for me. Yeah, exactly. You're <laughs> sick right at the end. Yeah, maybe that's right. So you used like another eight weeks of being sick left because you worked so hard oh God. for so long. So it wasn't like a crawl to the finish line to finish Cost Saves America. Like it was a very measured effort, but it was a very long effort for a very long time. Just a reminder, Jen is the community manager at Cards Against Humanity, and uh, she helped manage and produce and, and put together this project, Cards Against Humanity Saves America. And we love that she did it. Trin, We're not going to overcompliment. That's correct. Trin, I have, I've had to institute a new policy where I don't let Trin give me more than one compliment a sentence. Fuck. I know that seems like like I'm overcorrecting. No. No. If anything, like, it's too much. Trin, I would love to hear some more about you. Okay. Hey. <laughs> Christmas was fine. I was in Canada and it was negative 30 Fahrenheit, which is colder than Mars. Oh, cool. And pretty bad. And everything was good. It was, a, it was a really good trip. The only interesting, I think, actually interesting thing that has happened to me since last we spoke mm -hmm. is uh, I have been going back to the therapist that I wasn't sure if I liked. 
you you weren't sure if you liked this new therapist. Was not sure. Now I am sure I do not like her. Please tell me why. On a personal level, I do not like her. Why? I find her annoying. <laughs> I think I think she talks really annoying. Okay, I was going to ask. Is she like asking you too many questions? Because that's what a therapist does. No, 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 got no. it, got it. Not only does she not ask me too many questions, she barely asks me any questions and talks about herself and her friends all the time. <laughs> and she kind of talks like this. Oh, no. And it makes me crazy. However... Yes. She's extremely effective, so I can't leave her. Oh, my God. And every time I see her, I'm annoyed. That's amazing. And when she speaks, I am annoyed. She told me about, like, how her friend from Minnesota had a really difficult time moving. Like, she took, like, a five-minute interlude in our session to tell me about this. Wait, she knows, like, you're paying her, right? Like, by the minute? Right. And it's coming back to me in dividends because I've had breakthrough after breakthrough with this therapist. Oh, my God. Which can only lead me to believe. That I'm an asshole. I have to be. No, you're just a human with preferences. But she's, my only problem with her is that I think she's (laughs) aggravating as a human. Because she sucks, but she's great too. Does she even suck though? I mean, well, no. (laughs) Right. Like I have no, I have no actual concrete reason why I don't like my very effective therapist. I think your therapist can probably analyze why she doesn't like you. Or rather, why? what if she doesn't like me? No, no, damn it. I wish I had put that thought oh, in your head. Now it's in my head that secretly we don't like each other at all. <laughs> and she's like, well, she's paying me. And I'm like, well, I'm making a lot of progress. Man. It's like, in spite of everything, I'm making more progress than I've ever maybe, had in therapy. Maybe you, okay, is there, what if there's like a deep-seated reason you don't like her other than her voice? Like, what if the deep-seated reason is because she's making you do work and have these breakthroughs and have blah, 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 blah. And but you you your body is like rejecting that because Maybe, I feel like I'm above all that though. <laughs> I know if you're not new to therapy is the thing. I should be good at this. By you now. are good at it, which is why if you were if you were new to therapy, I'd be like suck it up and deal with this badass bitch. But you have been to therapy many a time, and you have good therapists and you've had bad therapists, and this one is both. <laughs> I just know so much about her fucking plants. She tells me about her plants. You got to leave a Yelp review. <sighs> anyway. Well, the Yelp review would be five out of five because I'm doing very well. But she also annoys you. She also annoys me. Can, can we hear more about what she does that annoys you? Uh, so, so I will tell her a story about my life because I'm talking about therapy, yeah. and then she'll she'll tell a relevant story from her life or somebody she knows. But but that does not actually elucidate or illuminate yeah. what I was saying. It's just like conversation. So there's no obvious connection between the two stories. No. Maybe she needs a therapist. Maybe. I don't know. And then what's the other weird thing? Oh, so <laughs> I'm going to open up a little bit. I think everybody cries in therapy from now and again. Yeah. Some people refer to it as their their weekly paid crying session. I wept a tear and her tissues were all the way across her office. And she awkwardly like laughed and was like, ha ha ha, I'll get you the tissues. And I, I'm not laughing at you crying, but I, I wanted to get you these tissues. And lots of people crying there. She went into like five minutes about why it wasn't weird that I was crying. Wow. She knows it's not your first rodeo, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, this is my first time in therapy. I felt like she wanted to pat me on the head. However, again, I've made incredible progress. I'm really glad to hear that. My relationships are healthier. I feel good. I've been making major headway in projects. So I feel like I can't leave this annoying person. Man. Do you have any friendship advice for me, Jen? My advice is to stick it out and um, 
Or, no, I have better advice. Get another therapist and talk to that therapist about your old therapist. <laughs> so I should get therapy for my therapy, therapy. sessions. Yeah. That yeah. actually is... <sighs> Does she know that you think she's annoying? I don't humor her anymore. Love it. So she told me about the story about her friend moving in Minnesota. Yeah. And I said, okay. And then I said something else. And I felt like a dick because in a normal friendship, that would be a shitty thing to do. But it's not a normal friendship. It's not a friendship It's not at a all. friendship at all. I know. Yeah. But she seems to be wanting to like be my friend. No. I know. But, uh, but she's so insightful. Oh, I was, that's great. I was saying things like, I feel like all these expectations and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, and then out in the middle of nowhere, she goes, could it be perhaps that the expectations are coming from within you? And I was like, fuck, you're right. Now I can't leave you because you made a really good point. Well, if it were someone that was talking at you too much that wasn't your therapist, how would you shut it down? You would I would just, never talk to you them You would again. just say, okay, would, or, you would, or you would respond with silence. So I think that's what you should do. Thank you, Don't Dan. reward the bad behavior. Oh, you're so good at this. No, no. I Thank you. I should have called you. <laughs> should Get me on the horn next time you're both there. <laughs> just, I'll mediate. I'll Skype you in. Cool. That sounds really healthy for everyone involved. Bring me into your therapist. <laughs> that would be Actually, perhaps too much. Yeah, I think that would be too much. Or extra, which is the theme of this episode. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Turns back on her transitions. This is how I do. Do we want to, is there anything else we'd like to cover before we dive right in? No. Perfect. <laughs> so uh, these questions are about people who are just a bit too much and how to deal with their too muchery. Jen? What do you think about reading the first question? I'm ready to do that. Jen is back. All right. All right. (laughs) I'm naturally introverted and used to be quite shy. Okay, now I'm going to start the actual (laughs) question. I'm naturally introverted and used to be quite shy. Through a massive force of will over the last few years, I've managed to contort myself into an outgoing and friendly person who is very comfortable with small talk. I don't know why I laughed in the middle of that. I do, because the way that they're describing contort myself into an outgoing... I was picturing it, that's why. (laughs) It's like like they're made out of Play-Doh and they were jammed through... You know that machine that like just extrudes you into like a star-shaped... Uh, bar. You the gestures you're making with your hand are yeah, upsetting. They're horrible. They're upsetting to me. And, and I think that this is upsetting for them. Um, but please continue. <laughs> okay, I've managed to contort myself into an outgo- <laughs> into an outgoing and friendly person who is very comfortable with small talk in social situations. I'm pretty. It just pr- sounds so <laughs> normal. Jen. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Asker might be an alien. We, I want to be clear to the asker that we think you're great. You're, you should be proud of yourself. You absolutely should. Oh, but the uh, the process of tricking people into thinking you're friendly is, <laughs> first of all, totally necessary for a normal workplace environment, yeah. but also so awkward. And we think you're so sweet. Okay, I'm going to try and get through this. I'm pretty proud of myself for this achievement, but it can cause problems when people think I'm an extrovert. Extroverts sometimes want to jump right into a friendship with me, and I find it really off-putting. I prefer to slowly build up a foundation for friendship and only really feel like I know someone after a year or two. My well-intentioned deskmate at work is very extroverted, and after only a few months of knowing each other, she started saying things like, I missed you so much when I'm out for a few days, piling on compliments about my work and personality, declaring that she loves how I do things, and even says that she loves me. She's like this with everyone and often raves about how great her other friends are and how much she loves them. So it's obviously just how she is. 
It's too much for me to handle, and I find myself shutting off this potential friendship and distancing myself out of discomfort. I just don't really feel like we're close enough to be declaring love, (laughs) but I'd like to become friends with her more gradually. How can I gracefully handle this situation? Thanks, aloof. A little overwhelmed by outrageous friendliness. So they took all the letters of aloof and and turned it into... clever. Man. Oh, boy. Well, first of all, again... Incredible work tricking people into thinking you're friendly. Yeah, I love how you said I managed to contort myself. You you managed to contort yourself to exist in society. You did it. Yeah, you know who failed at that? Like the Joker. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely want to be someone that can exist in society unless you go live off the grid, which does have its appeal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, and it, it's not necessarily achievable for a lot of people. No. Um, and I think that it's cool that you are flexible enough to adjust yourself to fit into a situation properly. You it, adapted. You adapted. Turns out your desk mate cannot adjust herself to be appropriate. You've, to use another Batman reference, you've, you're moving, you're, an Im, you're moving objects that meets an unmovable force, whatever, you know the quote. Yeah. Uh, she's not as flexible or adaptable. Mm-mm. No, um, really, the person we should be talking to is her, yeah. as usual. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we usually need to talk to the other person in the first. <laughs> right, yeah. right. It's never really appropriate to tell your coworkers that you love them. I mean, I do that. I, oh, fuck, yeah. It's not. It's really not. Well, but you've known your coworkers for so long. It's, a, I think, a very different situation. One time, as I was leaving a meeting, I shouted over my shoulder, you're my real family. That's normal. <laughs> But so, but uh, the difference is that you have found a balance that everybody's comfortable with and you guys joke around. This person, the asker's deskmate, is unbalanced. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I love. You didn't say my friend or my coworker. You said my well-intentioned deskmate. That is the most distant description. Yeah. Yeah. You're not like the person I sit next to or the nice lady I sit next to. My well-intentioned deskmate is such a... I don't want to talk to you, descriptor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You did great. Yeah. Wow, I love it. This question is like poetry. Every word has just packed with meaning. I love it. It's oh, very good. It's great. Journalistic writing, really. It really is. So, <laughs> so all I could think of when I read this was like, if you two were dating, and I hope you wouldn't date if you sat next to each other at work, because that just idea. that sounds like a really bad idea. Oh, no. But let's pretend that Sereno didn't exist and you were dating someone outside of the office and they were coming on too strong. You would say that. You would say you're moving a little fast for me, uh, but that really doesn't happen. In that's like not language of friendship, unfortunately. Right, well, for better or for worse, it's not something you normally say in a friendship. You're moving too fast, although you could. You certainly could. I doubt it's your first choice to go. Hey, when you say you love me, it makes me really uncomfortable. <laughs> um, I mean, so if we want to like pick this apart, I think that talking about vocabulary is actually not off the table. Mm. Some people just are uncomfortable using the word love in situations where they're not talking about romantic love. And that is a very valid thing to say to somebody. Again, kind of awkward. But if you wanted to solve things piecemeal, that might be a conversation you can have. Yeah. Yeah. So you said you, you, you said two conflicting things here. You said, I don't feel like we're close enough to be declaring love. I'm distancing myself out of discomfort. And I'd like to become friends with her more gradually. Mm. I don't think you can become friends with her more gradually unless you have like a time machine or she has a lobotomy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. She needs to take out her frontal lobe yeah. at this point. Or <laughs> pencil through the eye. Exactly. I mean, don't. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to get a lobotomy, please get it by a trained physician and not by any office equipment. Just a 
casual friendshiping LLC disclaimer. But that's the thing. This asker says over and over again, um, we're too close. I want my distance. I don't think the asker wants to be friends with this person. I, I think that's right. And we're here to tell you that's okay. It's so okay. Oh my God, you cannot be friends with everyone you meet. You can just have a well-intentioned deskmate. That is totally fine. You can co-parent a pothos plant. Yeah. Man, it is okay that you don't match their level of friendly. To be honest, this person sounds lovely and very exhausting. Yes, absolutely. Especially in the workplace. And I also don't think that this person can change. Yeah, I don't, I don't think. You said they're like this with everyone. So we're not talking about she's, this person is giving you, too, you, giving you personally too much attention, which is a separate episode. We'll probably do one time because that yeah. does happen a lot. But this is her love language. Her love language is using language to talk about love. <laughs> this, is, this is how she interacts with the world. And this is how she expresses that she likes somebody. So I don't know that there is a conversation in which you can say lay off simply because what you are asking of her at that point is to change the way she interacts with everyone and make an exception for you, which is not an entirely unheard of situation. She should be watching your comfort level and boundary and mirroring it. And she's not. Uh, I don't know where to go from there, Jen. Yeah, I mean, she's not. And if you had a true friendship already, if you weren't coworkers, then I would more likely be like, it's time to be upfront. It's right. time to say, this isn't working for me. The things you say make me uncomfortable. Deskmate. Deskmate. It's different at work. Mm-hmm. You have to be really careful about the decisions you make. Right. It's because in, even though it's completely unfair, the decisions that you make at work are going, they're going to be there eight hours a day, every day, five days a week for you, no matter what, um, especially because she's in such close proximity. Here's my practical piece of advice, Trin, and I'm wel- I welcome you to rip it apart. Never. I think, no, I, I think it might be time. I would gnash it with my teeth and then spit it out into my hands, look at it, rearrange it slightly and hand it back to you. Oh, that's a lovely visual. Thank you. My dog has done something similar. <laughs> okay. You can tell them that you need some space or you can tell them that you don't, you're not particularly talkative in the morning. You can wear headphones. Uh, you can ignore them. You can ignore them. Yeah. <laughs> and and to, then to, this is my final piece of advice. To then alleviate the inevitable guilt you feel for ignoring them, bring them baked goods <laughs> and then be like, this is what my version of talking is. Like reach out so you're not like destroying this person's life. Make like you're too friendly. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> man, I wish there was a sense of humor between you two so you could say that. Yeah. You're too friendly for me. <laughs> you're too nice. It's, there's such a thing. It's almost like this person is this um, like lovable Ron Swanson kind of character. If they ask her has um, like a, uh, what's it called when people know things about you? A rep. It's like if they've got a reputation for being kind of like no nonsense or whatever, yeah. you can play that up. You can lean into it. Right. You can turn it on. The only thing that I would just is when you said um, ignore them and tell them you need some space. I think you should absolutely do that. But I do think that it's okay to fudge the truth a little bit when you do this and say something like, honestly, I've got uh, a lot of work lately and I need to keep my head down a bit. Or, you know, I'm just, I'm feeling low energy today. And, and you can keep doing that and she should adjust to the new normal. So what it comes down to is you probably won't become friends. No. That's, I just, I can feel it in my bones. I would like this asker to admit that they don't actually want to be friends. I know, admit it. Tell us. Yeah. Just tell us. You don't want to be friends. But I mean, like, admit the truth to yourself that, like, the energy that you want to put out is not 
energy to form a friendship. It's to make your work life more bearable. And just be honest about that. Yeah, and that's okay. Like you have different you have different ways of interacting with people in the workplace. Like they are a golden retriever and you are a Sheba. Yeah. Or or Chow. Or a husky. Or a husky. Oh, good one. Or maybe you're even a cat. Yeah, then those are all like intelligent dogs yeah. that have taste. Exactly. <laughs> She's ready to like slobber all over you and hump your leg and you right. want to act like a dog that will sniff each other out and maybe approach from a distance. And there's nothing wrong with being a golden retriever. No, there's nothing wrong with any dog ever. At all. Yeah. She can feel free to eat whatever friends out of the garbage can she wants. Yeah. Uh, but you have a refined palate and that is okay. So I guess long story short is please admit that you don't really want to be friends with her. I mean, just admit it to yourself. That might free you up to have better conversations if you're not trying so goddamn hard. Right. The energy you should put in is energy to create a little bit of distance to say, I need to put my head down a little while at work. Or, you know, I'm a little overwhelmed right now. If you don't mind, I, I kind of need our, our desk area to be a little more quiet. Yeah. Things like that. A appeal to the fact that you're both at work. Don't put yourself down, but you can be like, I'm just someone that needs it quiet. Or like, I'm someone that has a hard time concentrating. When you're when you're a golden retriever yapping in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> did you mention the headphones? I did not. Oh, did I? I can't remember. I don't I, know. I, can Say you, it again. Can you put headphones on instead of that's usually the universal signal for leave me alone. Right. Men always ignore that, by the way, especially uh, on the yeah. bus. Mm. If you're wearing a hood, sunglasses, and headphones, men will be like, Oh, what are you what are you listening to? Oh, and a book. <laughs> <laughs> what are you reading? <laughs> put your hood up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, and say something like, Hey, I got these headphones. And I think they're going to be a good way for me to signal that I cannot be disrupted because I'm working and I'm, I'm in the zone. Oh, be like, hey, I got new headphones for the last holiday we celebrated. Yeah, look at my cool new headphones. Isn't that cool? I'm being friendly. And I'm also going to tell you why I got these headphones. It's because I have a hard time concentrating at work. Oh, wow. We just hacked this. That, that was is it. such a lie. And I love it. It's such a good lie. Yeah. And you don't have to go get like big ass Bose no, headphones. Fake it. You don't even have to listen to anything. You don't have to listen to anything. Yeah. Just get shitty earbuds from Walgreens Stick. that are like bright green. <laughs> Here's the best of you advice. Stick uh, pieces of paper, tissue paper in your ears. And just and say like, these are my new earbuds. <laughs> this is what I do when I don't want to talk to anyone. <laughs> I really, like, I can really you, like the earbud solution. Can you imagine looking over and seeing your deskmate? shoving paper in their ears because they don't want it. They so badly don't want to hear your voice. Uh, I got to keep the evil out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who boy. We're coming back. Uh, let us know how it goes. I mean, is let's also talk about getting it just quickly, wrapping this up. Can you get a new place to sit? Or that can would be you, great. Can you sometimes work in a conference room or a different place to hide? Yeah. I don't think there would be any retributive action if you were to say to your manager, like, Hey, just so you know, I don't know if this is a good fit. Nothing's wrong. It's just that we're not the right level of chatty with each other. Yeah. And like, it, it would be cool if we could switch desks. Yeah, or like my side of the office is chatty and I have a hard time concentrating. You don't right. have to name her. Yeah. Unless you want to. Um, but, but yeah, I think you can take steps to do that. That's acceptable. You don't have to be friends. Yeah. The, the other thing that I wanted to mention is that this is not necessarily all on her. And like, I know we've been kind of like being goofy uh, about her being a golden retriever and et cetera, but it's not necessarily a negative thing to be an effusive person verbally. That's okay. So in the meantime, while you're trying to sort this out, do your best to translate the things that she says into what you would say. So when she says things like, 
I love you so much. I would go to the ends of the earth for you. I would walk over a rickety Indiana Jones bridge from one side of a cliff to the other where the dangerous temple is for you. I would jump into the belly of a white whale and fight my way out on your behalf. What she really means is, good morning. Oh my God, Trin, that was masterful. Because that's the thing is that like she's just has a different vocabulary do it again. than you do. What do you mean? <laughs> do that whole bit again. I would drink poison water <laughs> from a well in the old west for you. And that means I do you know where the pencil sharpener went? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a new favorite Trin bit. A new favorite tri- trip. You want to know why I'm like, okay, this is because I do this to you. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I think to myself, how would I ask Jen where the pencil sharpener is? I know, she was looking at me like, sometimes when we talk, (laughs) we like look elsewhere around the room, we gesture, we look at our computer and our notes. In that moment, Trin, like her eyes were like the size of dinner plates. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I had tiny, tiny pupils. (laughs) And there were little flames in them. Uh, yeah, I mean, so here's the thing. Trin is a very friendly person who uh, also understands boundaries. And that is my, my hope for this person. Uh, that said, you didn't give any indication that there are red flags here. You didn't say they're too yeah. touchy. Oh, good. Yeah. Or that they're in your space, like physically in your space. Um, I know being friendly can also lead to like actually being way too, like you're too friendly. Yeah, physically touchy. Yeah, that kind of thing. But we didn't get signs of that. Yeah, think? I think that it's good, and especially if she, if this person is um, touchy with other people. Yeah. Um, I think that it's good that you're thinking about a solution now rather than waiting for it to go over the edge. Yeah, because she's going to, like, propose marriage soon. Yeah. 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 You're headed that direction. She's going to ask to move in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to crawl into bed with you and ask for a bedtime story. Oh, God. No, she's going to give the bedtime story. Yeah, that's definitely what's going to be. But we definitely don't want anybody touching each other. No matter Never. what the genders are of anybody in this situation. Trin and I are so anti-touching. It's like kind of... <laughs> Why would you? I just can't imagine touching someone. Do you know that's how you get diseases? Yeah. It's... <laughs> and pregnant. And pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We hope that we helped. I hope there's like one half of a sentence in there that resonated with you. Yeah. Because I mean, I think that it's going to end up being a combination of try and and retranslate the things that she says into into what your vocabulary is. Be honest about what your needs are at work, because when you're at work, that is the most important thing that you are doing. It's just like if you're in a dormitory and somebody's blasting music at 1 a.m., the word sleep, dormir, is in dormitory. So if somebody's getting in the way of that, you got to talk to them. It's the same thing that's happening here. Somebody's getting in the way of the thing that you do in that space. And and approach it from that angle, not that they're broken and, and bad, which obviously you don't think that that's true, but in that you are incompatible as deskmates. And I, once you see that as a collaborative problem, I think that you'll figure it out. That is so good. Yeah, perfect. I don't want anything else. I wanted to. I want us to end on that note. Hell yeah! Second question. Check, second, the next one. <laughs> question dose. I've been friends with this girl for about fifteen years now, since we met in high school, and I love her dearly, and I would do anything for her. Problem is, our dynamic and our roles feel like they've changed over the last few years, and it's causing some difficulties for me. So in high school, I was a total hot mess. I was the friend who never had her shit together. Not in like a nasty way. I wasn't in trouble or anything like that. I was just the movie character that's lovable, but dang it, just can't quite get it together. I love that description. Me too. 
She, on the other hand, has always been incredibly driven and she has dove headfirst into everything in life with huge success. I admire this about her incredibly. Her motivation and success leave me in awe pretty much every day. But this does mean that she was always the problem solver and it's something that she's still doing now. I know that it's with good intention, but now I'll be talking to her and I'll have a little complaint about something totally trivial that isn't an issue, like, oh, I missed an episode of my fave TV show that we both watch. But before I can even finish the sentence, she's immediately in action mode trying to fix this for me and she's relentless about it. And it can't be shut down by explaining why the reasons she's given me don't work because then she just tries to fix those two and on and on. I know it's with the best intentions, but it's exhausting. We're in our 30s now and I just, we're so past this. I'm not ungrateful and sometimes I for sure want her perspective and advice on, and suggestions on what to do. But I just haven't found a way to position other topics where I don't need her to try and fix everything. And I know that she cares and she wants to help. Sometimes I just want to talk and then not have a million solutions thrown at me. I just want to vent sometimes. I even tried positioning this by opening with something like, this isn't a big deal. I just need a vent. I've already figured it out, but with no joy. I need some heckin' help, guys. Woof. Yeah. So they already did the first thing we would have said, which is start off with, yo, I'm just venting. I'm just venting. And then she was like, no, you are not actually. If you're just venting, then uh, why would you pick me? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to fix this for you. Why would you aim your vent hole and steam in my direction? You got to fix her friend. I, uh, I, I've been that friend. I try not to be that friend, the fixy one. I can relate to this question up until the part about where your friend got and was ambitious and successful and dove into success and after high school. Uh, that part, not so much. But the stuff about like... I, would, I take so much issue with that, but uh, I've decided that it's important for me to lay off of you. <laughs> Thank you. But like being fixy, man, if I, I understand the impulse. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. And especially because you two are so close. Uh, and uh, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned in the beginning of the question that our dynamic and roles feel like they've changed over the last few years, but it seems that she's always been fixy. Right. Yeah. So, so I like that you gave us backstory about your relationship in high school or how you both were in high school, because it's clear that friend is still stuck in that same dynamic. Yeah. I, because this is contradictory, we're going to work under the assumption that she's always been like this just because I don't, I don't know any other way to interpret that. Right. Yeah. That's which is a- fine. And if, and if the situation changed, then I don't think that you would deal with this totally differently. Yeah, yeah. That's um, a good point. So there is, the first step is there is an addendum to, I'm just venting, but when you say, I just need to vent, I would definitely add, specifically say, I'm not looking for advice here. I just want your understanding. So tell her what you need, not just what you don't need. So what you want is somebody to say, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, you want someone to go, wow, that you should... I understand why you're very angry. That sounds awful. There's an incredible Parks and Rec episode with uh, Anne and Chris where uh, Anne is a character and she's wildly pregnant, which is a a horrible thing for a body to go through. Mega pregnant. And Chris keeps on trying to fix things for her by giving her weird supplements and stuff. And she's like, I just want you to say, that sucks. Yeah, don't book me a massage. Just try to understand. You don't have to go do all that. Stay here and say this sucks. And I would say steal that entire line and say, 
you know what? All I really want from you after I'm done venting is just tell me it sucks. Yeah. Tell me how much, how bad it would, it would feel if it happened to you. Yeah. You know? Uh, so again, it, it's, it's the addition of not just don't do this, but here's the thing I'd like you to do instead. Oh yeah. That's some really good. Here's the action you can take. Right. Tell me it sucks and do nothing else. I like that you said the action you can take because that's the thing is that she wants the action. Yeah. And I think that, and and we could be off base here, but I, what I'm hoping is that when you're very specific, she will say, a task. I will just murder that task and tell them, oh, it's horrible and my, my whole brain hurts be- on your behalf, you know? Trin would do that. If you give Trin a task, she'll, it's, it's an A plus slam dunk, knock it out of the park situation. Uh, and I hope it sounds like I hope your friend will do that for you. And I know it's strange because we're like we're trying to like pile on to a, to what you already are doing. Mm-hmm. But like give it another go. Yeah. Give it one more go. It seems like she needs more instructions. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. And we uh, we don't think that you are doing a bad job saying what your needs are. And I think that most people would get it from the I think way so that you too. described it. Yeah. But she's a special lady. She's got a knowledge gap. She's yes. got a little blind spot. Exactly. Yeah. Like, um, you know, when you go on Twitter and you're like, I'm talking about this, this, this. And then you say, don't at me. Or you say, I'm not looking for advice on this. Or th- no men comment, please. Basically, it's which, it's, which is coded for <laughs> men need not apply. <laughs> when you say something on Twitter and like asking for advice and the first thing someone do- does is like they clearly just Googled it. Oh, my God. Like, I hate that. It's like, do you not think I haven't Googled this? Uh, like I know how to type this this question into a device. I probably went elsewhere first. Like I hate that you have to qualify and be like, assume that I've given this a try already. Right. Unless you specifically say, I don't want to Google this. Can someone Google this for me? Which is the thing. Yeah. But like, like, man, I, I don't know where I'm going with this other than you have to do the friend version of don't at me. Yeah. Um, so sidebar about this common phenomenon of people asking for advice uh, publicly and then people assuming they haven't done the basic work. If you, so let's say that your answer is maybe like the third down Google result and you think maybe they haven't gone to that. There's a possibility. My handy trick is add them and then use parentheses. Like, like I'm whispering to you just in case, like, oh, hey, just so you know, this thing worked for me. I'm sure you've done the, resi- the, the, the Googling, but FYI. I love that. And I like that you're like, you probably saw this and I am supporting this thing Google said. Yes. In my experience, this was useful. Because when I do ask advice on Twitter, which I, I do, I really want to know what people thought. Yeah. I don't really want to know what Google says. Yes. Otherwise, I would Google it. Exactly. Like, I want to know your specific advice. Um, and back to this question. Uh, let's just get back to the question. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next step would be... Uh, when, if this happens again, so let's say that you, you mentioned, I'm not looking at your advice. I'd like your understanding. Please tell me this sucks. Tell me that this is painful. Just, just mirror my feelings. You've given her instructions and she still doesn't comply with them. She still doesn't listen to instruction. It is time for I statements. Um, so things like when I ask to vent and you give me advice anyway, I feel like, and I'm going to say, this in a way that you should interpret to your own voice because well, nobody gonna, talks like you're this. You're going to do it very formally and that's okay. So give her the gist of this. Yeah. I feel like you prioritize your need to tell me advice over my need to vent to you. And it can leave me feeling like you don't trust me to figure out my own problems. And sometimes I need someone to bounce things off of rather than to synthesize them and think up solutions. 
I specifically asked you to just tell me this sucks. And if you could please do that next time, I'd really appreciate it. She's steamrolling. She's steamrolling. She's like a Leslie Nope steamroller. You know, for all the for all the love we give Leslie Nope for being like this this ambitious, busy woman. Um, at one point, her best friend Anne goes, "You're a steamroller. You don't listen when I tell you not to not to do this thing for me." It's like arguing with the sun. Yeah. That's my favorite <laughs> I line. I love that too. Uh, and I don't think that you um, are necessarily going to have to go to that nuclear option, which is, dude, you're steamrolling me. Yeah. I would say definitely leave it in your pocket, uh, but see what she says to the I statements. Uh, maybe she will explain why she is the way she is, which is, I know, but I can tell that you're in pain and I, I just feel like I want to help. And then respond to exactly what she says. Say, well, I'm telling you that the best way to help me right now is to understand my feelings and not to give me advice. So just uh, hear her out because she may just tell you why she does it. The phrase, the last paragraph you wrote, sometimes I just want to talk and not then have a million solutions thrown at me. Can you take that, copy and paste that, and just use that again? Yeah. That is really good. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, we know it was written in your voice. (laughs) (laughs) You literally said, I just want to vet sometimes. And that's great. I mean, God, that's language that someone should understand. I agree. Yeah. And then the next step before the nuclear option uh, is to say, this is what's going to happen next if I can't get you to just be understanding and not give me advice. I'm going to have to go to my other friends for my problems, and I'm going to have to not talk to you about them. And I don't want to add that distance into our relationship, but that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, after all this, if she fails, you, then you know that she's not a good person to vent to. Yep. I mean, she could be great for other stuff, just not this. Like someone, if your VCR is broken, <laughs> she will find a way. But like if you've got a friend who's kind of a blabbermouth, which is sounds terrible, but it's a quality tons of people have, you don't give her your personal information. You know, you'll talk about like what happened at the party last Saturday, but not like your own interpersonal drama. Like you'll go get a drink, but you won't like talk about your mom's politics. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean... Everyone has different strengths and weaknesses, and you've identified a pretty a flaw in your friendship. But it's, but it's fixable, I hope. It is. And, and if the fix is that you don't vent to her, then that's, I think, in itself a, a decent enough fix. Yeah, that's not, it's not going to blow apart your friendship. Right. It certainly doesn't have to. If you quietly choose, I'm not going to vent to you. Right. <laughs> yeah, you got to stop fixing me. Uh, but I think it would be doing a service on your part if you tell her before you stop venting to her. That's really nice. Yeah, that'd, that'd be a courtesy. Yeah, just to say, like, I, I, it makes me sad that you can't adjust to what I need. And so, therefore, I'm going to have to vent to somebody else. And I mean, that hurts, but it's true. Yeah, it sucks to say that, but it's survivable. It is absolutely survivable. Yeah, awkward, but survivable is it, a phrase I learned from CaptainAwkward.com. And it's also like the sixth step that you're going to take. Yeah, exactly. That's like, you know, you've got like your hierarchy of, of what you're going to do next. So let's go through it one more time. Yeah. So first, add on what she can do and not just what she shouldn't do. Then tell her how it makes you feel when she doesn't, I guess, comply to what makes you feel comfortable. Ask her why she has to give you advice when you even ask her to not do it synthesize that and tell her that she's useful even without giving you advice. 
that you care about hearing from her even without the advice, that she doesn't need to continually make herself useful to you. That is so good, Trin. You can say, you words are such a comfort to me. That's actually all I need from you. Right. And I, it actually make. oh man, you can even say, it actually makes me feel bad and weird when you go do all this stuff. Like you're expending that much energy when I was just venting. Right. And I, and I feel like... That's a pretty mild way of, it might be a place to start. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I, I, I just feel like, say all your damn feelings. Get them out there. Shout them. Yeah, you have 15 years of friendship. Yeah. And like, it, it, one of the things about people who are too advice heavy is it kind of touching on what I, I said just a minute ago, which is, I think that it can be seated in feeling inferior and feeling the need to prove your own worth and your own help. And then, and this is how you do it. Um, and it could just be a reflex that she has, but she has to admit to that. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I, uh, I tried, I've tried to make myself into like a utility, like, like weapon. That's what I've tried to make myself into. Like, oh, I have all these things I can offer you to make your life easier. But, uh, the truth is sometimes you got to put, put your weapons down. Yeah. Yeah. Then the last nuclear option in the list of things that you should do or ought to, or perhaps might do, is just don't vent to her anymore. Yeah. I mean, you've got personality flaws too, dude. Yeah. Vent into another hole. Ew. Sorry. It's okay. (laughs) Oh, like you don't say shit like that all the time. All the time. No, you're totally right. I was actually just looking through my notes, and I I had a list of, of just like flaws that your friends can have. And one of those, maybe they're a blabbermouth. Uh, maybe this. Maybe you've got a friend who just loves snakes, so you never hang out at their apartment. Like, we both say weird shit I love all the that. time. I mean, I... How do you feel about snakes? Um, I think that you can have too many snakes. <laughs> like one too many? <laughs> like if you have one, that's too many snakes? Well, how in our five years of friendship do I not know your opinion about snakes until this moment? So We're just going to keep finding out wonderful things to love about each other. I like little snakes. Okay. Little, little wee ones? Wee snakes. But what about the one at the Shedd Aquarium that's 19 feet long? So And thick like a tire. I feel like that snake is never not going to want to eat you whole. <laughs> that snake is constantly thinking about how it would feel to... <laughs> Have you digesting inside? They of only that feed snake. it once a month, and they feed little girls. I think <laughs> <laughs> they feed it. They feed it little girls. That's what I heard. <laughs> I mean, uh, certainly, I think that there are plenty of uh, well-adjusted, balanced people who have a family of snakes, and I would never judge. I do think, just like any animal, and perhaps in smaller numbers, you can have too many snakes. <laughs> Trina, how many cats? I have two. Okay, that's right. I used to have two and a half. <laughs> now I have really one and three quarters. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, okay. So two, two snake anecdotes, okay, <laughs> which I, I never thought I would say. Before you spell, I was like, I oh, really hope this is about snakes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> no one's ever said that. Um, the first one is, oh no, what was it? Oh, okay. Here it is. Because I have a snake anecdote too. Oh, great. Okay. So the first one was a couple of years ago. I read this amazing tweet and it literally was a couple of years ago. And I think about it like maybe once a day. It was, if you ever see someone wearing a leather jacket and they have a long ponytail, it means they're on their way to feed snakes. <laughs> and the other one, the, the other funny snake anecdote that I read on the internet was um, one time uh, this person had like a long snake, like a, like a big guy like three feet long or something. I don't know. Um, 
and they like let it out of its cage because I guess you can do that when you have weird. I don't know. They they did their research, but still weird to me. Anyway, so the snake like this guy was like laying down on the floor, and the snake laid down and like stretched out next to it, like it was like long. And he said like, "Oh my god, it's so cute. It's like he wants to like be by me." And then he Google finds out his snake was measuring him to see if he could eat him. <laughs> so every time Mabby snuggles up on me, Mabby's my dog. And not my snake. I don't have a snake. I'm like, mm, she might be trying to eat me. <laughs> what was your snake story? Uh, I have a very small snake anecdote, and it's only that. Um, so as everybody knows, I was in a Canadian World of Warcraft guild for like 10 years. As everyone knows. As everyone knows. Uh, and our tank, McSprinkles. <laughs> She was incredible. Okay, so so like sidebar on this fact. So I was in this guild and we were one of the top ranked guilds, probably the second because usually the horde guilds are better. Now I'm thinking about how much I hate the horde. Um, we were in a very good guild and the main tank was a lady. The guild leader was a lady. The top healer, <coughs> me, was a lady. And our top DPS was a lady. What's DPS? Uh, damage per second. So that's like ranged or like mages and just doing as much damage as possible. Anyway, so mixed sprinkles. Uh, she was like 18 when she was like our lead tank, which I think is the cutest thing I've ever heard in my whole life. And I've always thought she was just the sweetest young lady ever. And so I started following her on Tumblr. And, uh, and at first I was taken aback by how many snakes there were on her Tumblr blog. Uh, uh, and it has been, I want to say five years and the amount of snake pictures that she posts has acclimated me to snakes. And now I in fact find them cute. Wow. Just through exposure. Wow. Exposure therapy. Yes. Of snick. Of the snicks. Yeah. Cause oh. snick memes are, are very cute. Very cute. S-N-E-K. I'm a fan. Very good. This has been Friendshiping with Jen and Trin. <laughs> If you're still listening. <laughs> to the couple of people out there who haven't turned this off yet. Who are enjoying our snick memes. Thank you. Thank you for not giving up on us. We have, however. <laughs> so we're going to end it. Uh, you can follow us at Twitter at Do Friendship. You can go to our store at thefriendshipingstore.com. You can like and subscribe. That's probably how you got here. Thanks to Ian Parman for editing. Thanks to Lauren Gallagher for doing design work. Thank you to Molly Lewis for our beautiful theme song. Thank you to Alex Cox for making the studio work. Uh, thank you for uh, not judging us for not having a friend of the week. We were sick for a long time. But also, thank you for listening. You're welcome for talking. Do friendship at the problem. You can go to our friendship store at the friendshiping, what is it? TheFriendshipingStore.com? Jen, Google it. <laughs> yep, that's correct. Great.